Inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God, and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash think marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash think marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Everybody and welcome to Think Marriage, a weekly radio broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm Beth Tinsley, and I'm joined on our show by my co-host and husband, Mark Tinsley. Well, hello, everyone. And on today's episode, we're going to start talking about the N in our Think Marriage Think acronym, which stands for Nurture Life. Under this topic, we want to explore ways to enhance your marriage through the nurturing and care of and service to your spouse. It almost goes without saying, but if you want a marriage to be successful, then you must think of the practical and emotional needs of your spouse. These are things that we're going to talk about in these next three episodes. Now, as a reminder, Think Marriage is a call-in show. Uh, Today, though, we've had a technical difficulty, and so we weren't able to air this live, and so we're going to have to uh, forego any call-ins today, but we haven't been getting a lot of those anyway, so let's jump right in, and Beth, you want to take the first question? Sure. So let's talk a little bit about control, which is our topic for today. So some men and some women are what you might call control freaks. Um, They want to have their fingers on everything their spouses are doing. They want to know every move they make, every person they talk to during the day. They want to be in on all the decision-making their spouses um, partake in. And I think most of us would agree that this is not healthy. This kind of a relationship is not healthy or good for anybody. Um, Trying to control your spouse in big or even little ways will not help your spouse to feel nurtured or cared for or valued as their own person. Because although as people of faith we are made for community, there are still individual personalities and passions and desires and interests that must be addressed. And there is very much a healthy individuality that must be fostered. So maybe some of you are thinking, well... um what does control look like? You, you're talking about control, but what does it look like? What are the, some of the symptoms that we might have if we are controlling our spouse? What are some of the things we might evidence? And so I'm going to just go through a list of these. Again, none of these things are exhaustive, but things that we need to think about. And, and one of them is never wanting to be separated from our spouse. Now, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I love my spouse and I want to be around my spouse all the time. And isn't that a good thing? And, and the answer is it can be. But oftentimes I've found in counseling relationships or just you know seeing people out and about dealing with their spouses that the, the desire to not be separated 
uh, is oftentimes something of a control issue. They don't want the person to be out of their sight because they want to know what they're doing. They want to know who they're talking to. They want to know what uh, what they're thinking, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you find yourself never wanting to be separated from your spouse, my, 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 my suggestion to you would be ask yourself why. Why is it? And be honest with yourself because if the answer is, yeah, I just, I'm just nosy. I want to know what she or he is doing. Then you're probably evidencing some kind of control issue. Another thing is not allowing uh, your spouse to explore their own hobbies. Now, I've seen this a lot. You'll see this especially in men who will have their own hobbies, sports or whatever it is, and they'll do this thing, these kinds of things all the time, um, you, you know, going to sporting events or uh, going to car shows or going, uh, you know, hiking or biking or running or whatever it is. But then when the, the, the spouse is provided the opportunity to do the same things, they push back and Folks, not only is that unfair, but that's typically, again, a sign that you may have a controlling type of personality in your relationship. You should allow and want your spouse to explore his or her hobbies, the things that bring them peace and joy, as you know, you have things that bring you peace and joy as well. Um, another thing is not allowing your spouse to go out with friends or visit family. Now, this is getting a little more extreme, but... <laughs> I have seen this, and uh, I've seen this quite frequently, actually, where, um, you know, again, one spouse will have regular opportunities to go visit friends and family, but yet when the tables are turned and the other spouse wants to do this, uh, they try to put the stop blocks on it. Uh, And particularly with family, I've seen this a lot over the years where a, a husband or a wife won't want the spouse to visit family members for whatever the reason may be. And I'm telling you, folks, that's going to lead to a lot of problems in a marriage when you're keeping your spouse from their family members and from their friends. And so if you're evidencing these types of behaviors or even temptations, be careful because you're probably getting into the realm of a controlling personality. Um, Another thing is not respecting your spouse's alone time. Everybody needs alone time. We can't be with people 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Most of us would drive us crazy if we were doing that. And so you need to realize that your spouse, whether your spouse is an introverted personality or an extroverted personality, is still going to have times when he or she needs to be alone, to be either meditative uh, on God's word, uh, prayerful, or just quiet time to read a book or whatever they like to do during their quiet time. And you have to respect that. Again, you want that for yourself. You probably are going to demand that for yourself. And so you need to allow your spouse that kind of time as well. Uh, another t- another thing is always asking who they're talking to on the phone or who just texted them. Now, again, just because you ask that question doesn't mean you have a controlling personality. But if you find yourself doing it all the time, if you're all if you especially if you're doing secretive things like going on your spouse's phone to see who they're texting with or, um, you know, checking their uh, caller ID, things like that, then, you know, be very careful because you're probably getting into the realm of, uh, of a controlling personality. And you say, well, what if she's he or she's cheating on me and I'm just checking? Well, if that's the case, then confront that issue, <laughs> you know, confront that issue head on. Don't, don't be secretive sneaking around and doing those types of things, uh, because you're going to get caught doing that and that's going to erode trust and, and whatnot. But as far as controlling personality goes, be careful because if you're always saying, "Hey, who just called you? Who were you on the phone with?" When I called you a little bit ago, you didn't you didn't answer. Who who were you on the phone with? Who texted you? I heard your phone ring. Who is that? Um, 
be careful because you might be in the realm of controlling. Oh, let's see here. Excessive and unjustified worry about infidelity. Well, you know, Scripture tells us not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And if you find yourself always worrying that your spouse is cheating on you or doing something unfaithful, then you may be in the realm of a controlling personality type. Now, again, if you do suspect that there is infidelity, then address that issue. Uh, Talk to your spouse about that issue directly. Don't just beat around the bush. Get that out in the open. Um, Otherwise, again, you're going to cause hard feelings, etc., etc., um, another control symptom is jealousy. And I, and I have in my notes here, jealousy in all forms. You know, when we think about jealousy, we think about jealousy in terms of infidelity. Is my spouse cheating or, or does is she or he looking at that other person, uh, uh, with affection and being jealous in, in that sense? And that's certainly part of it, but just jealousy in all kinds of other ways. Maybe you're jealous of your spouse's popularity with friends. Maybe you're jealous of your spouse's intelligence. Maybe you're jealous that your spouse um, has been more successful than you uh, from a secular standpoint. Uh, Maybe your spouse knows more about the Bible than you do. Whatever it can be. We can be jealous about anything. If we find ourselves truly jealous of our spouse to the point where we we feel barriers are coming up between us, to the point where we're we're pushing away emotionally and and uh, mentally, maybe even physically from them, spiritually, uh, then that's a problem that could be a symptom of a controlling personality. Um, another thing is, it's a pretty long list here, but another thing is, uh, when you, this is a big one, controlling the finances. Uh, you know, oftentimes, controlling personalities want to have complete control, absolute control of the checkbook. Um, and here's the irony, is that they'll buy everything they want, but not allow their spouse the same flexibility. And, you know, or... They'll say, you can't have the checkbook. I'm taking care of the checkbook. If you want anything, you've got to come through me. Uh, now, this isn't to say that that couples shouldn't be talking about their purchases, but what this means is that there's definitely a one-sidedness to the purchase. When one spouse gets everything he or she wants and the other one gets nothing. If this is the case in your relationship, then you're definitely in a controlling type of personality. Now, again, somebody's going to say, well, Mark, what about... Uh, what about the husband or wife that has a compulsion to buy things and, and can't be trusted with a credit card or can't be trusted with the checkbook? They've run our, you know, they've run our checkbook checking account dry two times. What, do we, what am I supposed to do in that case? And the answer is address that issue directly. Um, you may need to address it with each other. You may need to go some counseling. You may need to do something. But don't, again, don't turn into a control freak over an, any issue. Address that issue and move on. Yeah, like you said, coming to that solution together, you know, not not being the one that says, well, this is the way we're going to do it, and that's how it's going to be, but, you know, working together to come up with the what the best solution is for that particular problem. Right, excellent. Um, just a couple more things here. Um, calling your spouse a lot. Uh, now, I call Beth a lot, and I'm sure I have some controlling tendencies. I'm sure we all do to a certain extent. Uh, but I call Beth several times a day. But I can say honestly, from the, from uh, in all honesty, that my intention is not to keep tabs on her, but just to say hello because I get lonely. Um, <laughs> so, but if you find yourself calling your spouse a lot on the phone throughout the day because you uh, are just curious what she's doing or he's doing, you know, keeping tabs on them, then that's definitely a symptom of control. And then finally, uh, and this is a big one, 
emotional and or physical abuse. People who are emotionally or physically abusive uh, are, are typically uh, people who have control issues. They're abusive because they're trying to control the other person through uses of force. And obviously, as people of faith, we know this is wrong. And if you're evidencing those kinds of behaviors, behaviors not only should you do you need to change, but you need to step out of, uh, uh, you need to step back and get some help, some professional help immediately. And if you're a spouse that's being emotionally or physically abused, then encouragement here is, you know, get yourself to a safe place uh, so that you and your spouse can deal with this thing. But don't stay in an abusive relationship. But of course, that's a whole nother episode. So I'll leave that at, at that. All right, so why we talked about the symptoms, lots of symptoms of what having a controlling tendency or personality might look like. So we want to talk about why is this such a problem? Why is being a control freak, if you want to call it, or just having a controlling kind of personality, why is that such a problem in a relationship? Well, there's you know a number of reasons, and, and one is that it demonstrates a lack of trust, so first of all, a lack of trust in your spouse. Obviously, if you if you are feeling like you have to always know what they're doing or uh, checking up on them or asking them, you know, what's going on with this or with that, um, you, it really demonstrates a lack of trust in who they are and in their abilities um, and also a lack of trust in God. You know, we are to entrust ourselves to God and entrust our marriage and entrust our spouse to God. So it really demonstrates a lack of trust in his care and his provision and his working all things out for good when we feel the need to take everything into our own hands and work it out the way that we think it should be worked out. Also, it's a problem. These controlling tendencies are a problem because it demonstrates a lack of unconditional love. You know, we are Christ loves us unconditionally and we are called to love Everyone, including our spouse, is the same way, with an unconditional love. Um, it, when we don't do that, it communicates to our spouse, I know what's best for you. I know what's right for you. I know what you need to do. And that really, um, really demonstrates a lack of unconditional love. And again, it really erodes the trust in a relationship when that is what's being communicated to the spouse. And, you know, controlling tendencies are founded in pride. So there's a definite lack of humility when we are trying to control our spouse. Uh, we feel when we feel that we have the right to take over our spouse or or we feel that we know what's best for them. That is so prideful. It's so, so prideful to think that. Um, but when we are humble and we take our hands off and we allow them to be the person that God has created them to be, when we show that humility, it really will build so much into our relationship. So controlling tendencies are also a problem because it, it demonstrates a lack of respect for the other person. Um, you know, you're only the person who's being controlling is only concerned about themselves and about what they want. They're not thinking about what their spouse needs or what their what their spouse wants or or needs at that moment. But they're thinking about what they want. What's going to make me feel better in this moment? What is going to fulfill what I think is the right thing for this situation without taking into account our spouse's side or our spouse's view. And it definitely, when, when you are, uh, when you have a controlling tendency, it definitely feeds, uh, the paranoia and jealousy 
uh, let you know, like if you feel, if you're not with your spouse, you feel like you're, you're always, you're missing out. What's going on? I'm missing out on something. Or um, what are they doing? The, the paranormal, like if you, if you are prone to being jealous about your spouse, about let's, like we talked about, if they're cheating on you or whatever, the, all those controlling tendencies just feed into that and kind of build on that. And that's so, so destructive to a relationship. And like we talked about before, it's, um, it, it can be mentally and emotionally abusive to your spouse when you are very controlling of them. It's, it is very um, mentally and emotionally draining to deal with a spouse who is constantly controlling you or constantly questioning you, constantly um, telling you what you should be doing or what, what is the right answer or um, constantly checking up on you. It, it really is so, so draining and, and definitely goes into the realm of mental and emotional abuse to be, to be dealing with that all of the time. And it, it really can affect somebody over the long term in mm-hmm. a negative way. And so you really have to avoid the abusive aspect. And we don't often, we oftentimes think of abuse as just physical, but there's definitely emotional, mental, even spiritual abuse. And so we have to be really careful about this. Right. Yep. And, you know, the controlling tendencies definitely destroy intimacy in a marriage. It's, you know, it's very hard to feel close to someone when you feel like that person is controlling you. It's going to be very hard to feel emotionally connected to them, spiritually connected, to want to be physically intimate with them. It's, it's going to be very hard to have those feelings and can, and, and to foster those feelings when you feel like they're controlling you. And, and, you know, as we talked about in our last three episodes, how important intimacy, that feeling of intimacy is to a marriage relationship and, and to it thriving. So when you destroy that intimacy, it destroys such an important part of your marriage relationship. And, and all of these things, everything we talked about, the lack of trust, unconditional love, the pride, the lack of respect, destroying the intimacy, all of that um, drives the couple apart. It, you know, we're, as the Bible says, we become one, one flesh when we um, are married and, and how that can grow and develop. But when these things enter our relationship, it really drives us apart and, and that oneness is eroded and we start to kind of be two people not on the same page. Uh, and of course, that's not what we want for our marriages. Absolutely. And, and that's really important because God's design for marriage is for two to become one. If we're driving that apart, then we're destroying, as Beth said, eroding God's divine plan for marriage. Um, and so we need to take this seriously as, as the people of God. If we are, if we are uh, controlling our spouse, we are not living out our marriage as God would intend. And that's a, that's a serious issue. And I think we need to be real, um, real also careful to recognize, you know, we might not see big areas in our life where we're being controlling. You know, we're not, you might say, well, I'm not paranoid. My spouse is cheating on me or I'm not, uh, I don't always want to be with them and I'm not worried about what they're doing. You know, maybe that's not where you are, but what are the little ways? Ask ask God to reveal to you if there are little ways that you're controlling your spouse, you know, by things that you're saying or comments that you're making or, um, I don't know, just, just be open to God revealing to you ways that you're trying to take over 
parts of your spouse's life. Maybe they're making a decision and this is different than talking through things, but you know, maybe they've made a decision or, or they're, they're choosing something and you're like, well, I wouldn't do that. I would do it this way. Well, allow your spouse the freedom to be their own person and not feel like you have to control them and turn them into who you are. That's a good, great point. Great point. Oh, okay. So what if you do have these controlling tendencies? What, what if you find you, you say to yourself, wow, I, I really am kind of controlling. Uh, what do I do about that? Uh, well, here's some things that we would suggest. First of all, admit that you have the problem, right? That's the first step in any solution paradigm is you have to admit that you have the problem. And that can be a very hard step for a lot of people, but you have to get there. I do have a problem with control and I need to do something about it. That's step one. Secondly, be intentional about solving the problem. Decide after you say there is a problem that you want to solve it. And then take the steps you need to. And we'll talk about what some of those are. But take the steps you need to, intentionally take them, so that you can solve the issue. Don't just sit in in your problem and say, well, it's a problem. I, I know it's a problem, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, that doesn't help the marriage and that doesn't lead to success. So be intentional. Uh, next, uh, seek professional help if necessary. And I throw that one up there not as <laughs> because that's the, the first thing you need to do. But if you know you have a control issue, you know that maybe there's something pathological there, maybe it's something you've always had and you know you're going you're gonna to struggle with, then maybe you seek some professional help. Maybe you go to a counselor or a pastor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, or a Christian counselor or someone who can help you with that. Yeah, especially if, you know, you know that it's it's really deeply embedded in you and, you know, maybe you, you saw it in your family growing up, you know, your mom or your dad had this very controlling tendency, so you witnessed that your entire childhood and then you can tell that you picked up those things and now you're exhibiting that. So if it's, especially if it's something that really in, is ingrained in you and it's it's just been a part of how you've responded for so long. There is no shame in no. getting professional help for that because a lot of times we need somebody else, a third party to just kind of help us think about things differently, give us a different insight into something. So it is, it can be so beneficial. Absolutely. And I, I just want to reiterate that, that there's no shame in getting help. I think a lot of people are, are, are hesitant because they don't want to be labeled as uh, some, uh, a psycho. You know, <laughs> They go to a psychologist or a, a counselor. But very few people are going to label you that way. Uh, it's much more accepted these days that people get help. Um, and you would find that the vast majority of people if, who found out that you were getting counseling wouldn't even skip a beat. They wouldn't think anything about it. So seek help. And even if they did, who cares, right? You're getting help. You're moving on. You're growing. And you're making your marriage successful. Um, another thing you can do, so we'll, we'll drop back. That's, the, that's kind of the nuclear option, seek professional help. So what are some things you can do before you even get to that point? Um, give your spouse the latitude to identify your controlling tendencies. That is, you can have them make a list of how you're controlling. Um, talk about these things with them, etc. You, you know, maybe maybe you do a real time list where the spouse keeps a list for a week of all the little things that you do throughout the week that are controlling, and then at the end of the week you review them. Or maybe the spouse can sit down without having to go through a week or two and, and just list them out. Uh, from memory, and then you go through and talk about them. But give your spouse the ability, the freedom to say, hey, these are the five, six, seven, ten, whatever number of things that you do that make me feel controlled. And then discuss that with your spouse and get his or her perspective on it. 
Yeah. And obviously you're going to have to lay down all your pride and be humble and be willing to hear what your spouse has to say, not coming back with, well, but that's because of this or this. Well, I do that because you do this or this or this. Allow your spouse, like Mark said, the latitude to identify those things, to bring them to you and you be open and receptive to hearing them and then take those to God and say, okay, Lord, what about these things I need to change? What is this saying about me? So be very open and receptive and and put your defenses down when your spouse brings these things to you. Absolutely. That's very important to be, be humble, right? Um, next you could seek counsel, not professional help, but from a friend or a confidant who's battled maybe some of the same tendencies. Maybe you know somebody who's struggled with this in the past but has overcome it. So sort of a mentor or or just somebody that you know has wisdom in this this area and, and seek that person out and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm having trouble in this area and I would really like you to help me. And maybe do some mentoring sessions, some some life skills sessions with them. And they don't have to be formal. Maybe just sit down and have coffee once in a while and talk through. And this person can help mentor you, hold you accountable, and those types of things. Don't, again, don't be so reluctant to reach out to people for help in all kinds of areas, but certainly in this area. You always have the option of reading and researching the topic. If you type in control freak or <laughs> controlling tendencies or my husband's controlling me or I'm controlling my wife or whatever the case may be, you're going to find probably 4 billion articles on these things. People are out there writing about it. And then if you go to the professional literature, if you like to read in, in more, in a, more of an academic level, you're going to find plenty. And if you go into the look at Amazon and search books, you're going to find books on these issues. I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there. Read it. Research it. Become smart on it. Even if you're the offender, find out what a control is all about preferably find it out from a Christian perspective because there are a lot of books out there and I, and I apologize for not having any examples right now. I didn't think to offer any particular examples, but it's not hard. Just go online. You can find uh, plenty of authors, Christian authors in this area and see what they have to say about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That can be really, really helpful. I, you know, over the years I've read so many different books on different topics, things that I've been struggling with or wanted to know more about or things that ah, I just need to grow in this area and I, and I just need some assistance and some help. So, I, you know, I've read so many books um, and articles that have been helpful to me. So it really is. And like, like Mark said, if you get from a Christian perspective, someone who brings God into the equation, um, then that provides even the truth aspect of it. And mm-hmm. it really, really can be so helpful. Yeah. And uh, I've been a real motivating force for Beth over the years for reading and research, <laughs> so, as you can tell. You all, all the viewers or listeners out there probably uh, reading between the lines in these shows. <laughs> You know who the offender is and who the innocent party is, but I'll let you all decide. Um, Another thing that you need to remember in all of this is to take small steps at first. Um, For example, let's say you're one of these people that's uh, calling your spouse every 15 minutes to keep tabs on them. Well, just be use your will, use your human will, your spiritual will. uh, You know, use your volition to just stop calling as much. I mean, it's going to be hard, but just Stop doing it. Um, you know, maybe block their number. I don't know what you got to do, but do something. Um, be be intentional about not asking a million questions. You hear that phone ring at home. Don't immediately say, who was that? Just let it go. It's going to be hard, no doubt. But make decisions. And these are small things. 
you know, if you're a controlling person, you're probably going to have many areas that you try to control your spouse in. So just pick one of them and mm-hmm. take a small step. And then once you've mastered that one, and it might take weeks or months to master that one. But once you say, hey, I've got that, I realize I haven't asked her who, who, who called in like a month and I didn't even think about it. Well, then you've mastered it. Then pick something else and continue to take little steps. And one last thing on that is communicate with your spouse that what you're doing. Say, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to stop asking you and help, you know, and, and so that he or she knows that you're trying to take steps to correct this. Right. And I think it's so much, you know, choosing, also making a choice to trust your spouse, you know, as you, as you make steps to stop doing some of the things that maybe you want to do are naturally, you know, you want to take over, you want to control what they're doing, you want to have your say in something Choose to trust your spouse, to allow them to be a competent uh, individual, you know, made by God, capable of uh, making decisions and, and living a life according to God's will. And so choosing, it's not that your spouse is perfect. Of course, they're going to make mistakes, just like you make mistakes, like we all make mistakes. But choose to trust your spouse and think the best of them and expect good things from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then finally, as a strategy of uh, dealing with your own controlling tendencies, is and this is this was one of those ones that you'll go, oh, that goes without saying, or you'll go, oh yeah, that's right, and that is bring God into the equation. Uh, we haven't talked about that really specifically yet, so we're talking about it now. He needs to be in the equation in all of these things. Instead of trying to take control yourself. Uh, Give the control over to God. Again, that's going to help you do, take these small steps that we talked about a minute ago. When you say, I don't need to worry about who's calling, or I don't need to call her or him every 15 minutes, or I don't need to have the checkbook all the time, because God's got this. Mm-hmm. And in some couple of verses, I just kind of picked these out of the blue, as it were. Uh, but Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is anything too hard for me? I mean, there's God saying, basically it's a rhetorical question, right? He really wasn't looking for an answer there, but God's saying, you know nothing's too hard for me, so why do you try to control everything? Why do you try to uh, uh, um, make all the decisions and live according to your own power and by the flesh and all these things? You know that I'm in control. You know that nothing's too hard for me, so put your trust in me and so for the controlling person, that's what I would say. Don't don't. First of all, we haven't said this yet, and Beth might have something to say about this. But um, I think oftentimes we not only are we trying to put uh, our our faith in ourselves and our own abilities, but we're also trying to put our faith in our spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, our spouses are fallen human beings just mm-hmm. like we are. So if we put too much faith in our spouse, they are going to disappoint us. So stop putting faith in yourself. Stop putting so much faith in your your husband or your wife and put faith in God because he's the one that can handle things. He's the one who is Lord. He's the one that can overcome all of these obstacles. Yeah, that's right. I mean, no one person can can fulfill all of your expectations and all of the things that you are looking for in life. Like Mark said, we're all fallen people. We're all going to disappoint um, our spouse at multiple points in our marriage. So we have to realize that and put on our complete trust only in the Lord and know that he is going to, um, look after us. He's going to look after our marriage. He has, is, 
has everything under his control and we don't have to try to take those steps to control it ourselves. So that's, that's absolutely so important. And then another verse I'd share with you is very much related to Jeremiah. It's also from the prophet Isaiah. Well, that was from Jeremiah. This one's from Isaiah. Both prophets is what I meant. Isaiah 41 and verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So kind of the same point as in the Jeremiah verse is that we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear lack of control. We don't have to fear what our spouse is doing or not doing because it's not our spouse who's ultimately the one who's with us. It's God who's with us. And we don't have to be dismayed, Isaiah says, or God says, for I am your God. And he he goes into the three I wills. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you. So folks, that's where our faith needs to be because our spouse can't do any of those things. Our spouse can't ultimately strengthen us. Now, we can encourage one another. That's not what I'm saying, but our, our strength doesn't ultimately come from our spouse. Our ultimate help doesn't come from our spouse, even though we do help one another as spouses. And we are not upheld ultimately by our spouses. Now, our spouses do these things for us as kind of a a picture of what God does for us. But again, spouses are going to let us down in every one of these areas some point, but God never will. And so God says, trust in me. Put your ultimate and complete and absolute trust in me because I will never let you down. Absolutely. I think that's so true. And and also for, I think those verses give such hope for the person who realizes that they have a controlling tendency. Um, they They see themselves and they think, oh my goodness, think of all the harm I've caused my spouse or I've messed up so much. Look at the damage I've done to our relationship. Well, we just were reminded that God said, is anything too hard for me? Like nothing is too hard for the Lord. And and God is the God of redemption and redeeming us. And, you know, I love how his word says he brings beauty from ashes. So he can take any situation and redeem it and turn it around and use it for his glory and restore relationships and, and bring couples back together in a new and a fresh and a good way. So for the person who realizes uh, I, I really have been controlling and I didn't even realize it. Don't be dismayed, like the verse says. <laughs> Don't give up hope. There, When God is in the equation, there is always hope and he can and will help you. Amen. And that's a great word to end on. God will help you. And folks, uh, the title of our episode today was Non-Control Freak, Nurturing Your Spouse Through Freedom. And uh, obviously a play on words of the old term control freak, but you want to be a non-control freak. You know, you want to be a person who's nurturing your spouse through giving them freedom to be who they are. Again, as we said in the beginning, there is a community, a huge part of who we are as people of faith is community. That's why God gives us marriage. We're meant to be together in relationship with other people, intimate relationship with our spouse and other brotherly love types of relationships with people around us. But there is still, an, we are still individuals and we still have that 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 time that we need to do what we like, what brings us joy, uh, alone time, whatever it is, there's still an individual aspect that we must foster and nurture as a spouse. And so we can't be controlling. If we control, uh, we're going to push our spouses away. It's the old adage that the more you, the, the harder you hug somebody, the more they push away. You know, you see it with animals. We have a cat. I'll tell you this story and end on this. And this cat and I have a love hate relationship. <laughs> And sometimes I want to just pet her. I just want to love her. And so I grab her up and I'll hold her really tight to, to pet her. 
And the harder I hold her, the more she squirms and claws and meows and hisses, you know. And I notice that the times that she lets me come up to her and pet her and be gentle and loving towards her are the times when she feels protected. In other words, the times that she feels that she can get away if she wants to uh, because she knows she has freedom. And I know that's just a simple cat analogy, but at the same time, I think that's how it is with our spouses. If we want them to feel close and loving towards us, we have to give him or her freedom to be who they are. Right. We can't hold them so tight and hold on to everything, controlling it so tight that we smother them. We have to hold it loosely and trusting it to God and allowing them to be who they are. All right, folks. Well, we need to get off here so I can go get the cat. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) the cat and forcefully <laughs> but no we hope you'll uh enjoy this episode hope you've learned something and i hope you'll join us on our next episode which is actually two weeks from now we're not going to have an episode next week because i'm going to be out of town and unable to call in so our next episode will be friday june 14th at 3 p.m right here on blog talk radio and we re- we rebroadcast these uh on friday night and during the day on saturday Uh, on uh, our radio station, WLVADB, and you can find that on our website at www.inquiry4today.com. Look at the tab that says WLVADB, click on that, and you can get to to a, a button that allows you to hear the live broadcast. So, folks, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful week next week, and we'll see you again on June 14th right here on Think Marriage. Have a wonderful day. Think Marriage is a ministry of inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash think marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash think marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode.